Hello, Mama. Excited to dive in with you today as we continue our series, How to Stay Married and Have Kids, because I truly believe both are possible. And I want to help equip you a little bit to be uh, going strong in your marriages. Because I know it's not easy, especially like marriage in general is just very challenging. And then you add in kids, and we all know that just kids are hard. And then you combine the two and it's just, it feels impossible, but I don't believe it is. It feels that way sometimes, but it's not. And so we are diving into all the things that we can do to bring strength to our marriages so that we can see them out even in this hard season, uh, especially those of us that have littles um, or a lot of kids or in the season of busyness with kiddos. So I um, have just been enjoying bringing all of these thoughts to you. So today we're going to go into some more practicals and we're going to talk about 11 essentials to having a healthy marriage. And I just encourage you to take some notes, lean in, figure out kind of where you're at, what component might be missing for you. And then the ones that you're doing already, give yourself some credit and say, wow, um, we're rocking this, you know, like that's, that's great when you hear something you're already doing. Um, and you need that encouragement too, because I know there's a lot of challenging components to this season. So, um, 11 things we're going to, we're going to need some time. So let's dive in now. Let's do it. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, mama. So excited to dive in with you today and talk through the 11 essentials for a healthy marriage when you have kids. Probably just a healthy marriage in general, but we're talking about specifically when we have kids because I think most of you listening have kids and so you know uh, just how complicated things get. So I am excited to go there. Um, And I also just want to take a minute to invite those of you that are struggling to show up for your husband, for your kids. You are just caught in constant anxiety. You're caught in constant anger. You just don't know how to move forward. You don't enjoy this season and uh, that just feels so defeating and, and you don't know where to go from here. I have the Healed Mama Academy just for you where I walk you through everything that you need in order to get on track, in order to get healthy, in order to love your life. And it's not like this easy, magical, quick fix I'm trying to sell you. No, it, like it's hard work. It truly is. But it's going to give you clarity over why you don't like your life, over why you can't stop doing these things that you hate and give you a specific specific, clear plan on how to get back on track and how to change the trajectory of where you're at because it doesn't have to feel that way. And that's really like one of the reasons why I started this whole podcast is because I believe that God has made us for a beautiful, abundant life. And so many of us are not living at that. We're just in survival mode. We feel like we just have to get through, especially in this season of motherhood. And I just, I want more for you. God wants more for you. And so I love getting to teach you how to live 
live that kind of life. Not easy, not without pain, but beautiful and purposeful and full of goodness. And like my life is for sure not easy, but I love it. And I want to help you get there too. So go, if that's you and you want to go deeper, go and apply at morningmama.co. That's morningmama.co. I would love to walk with you through your specific struggles, your specific season, and just help you figure things out. We have weekly group coaching calls and you get access to those for an entire year. In addition to the worksheet and a video curriculum that you can work through at your own pace. And, uh, it's just one of my favorite things I get to do every week. So I hope to see you over there, but let's dive in. We've got 11 things we want to talk through today. And I just want to say that no matter where your marriage is, these things we're going to talk through today are super key. Um, you know, I know some of you wrote in about how maybe your spouse isn't a believer, um, or, you know, you have specific struggles in your marriage. And I just believe that if you do these 11 things and you work towards these 11 things, no matter where you're at, even if you're unequally yoked, even if your spouse is in a totally different place, maybe they are not interested in growth. Maybe they don't want to read the parenting books. Maybe they uh, just don't feel like they're on that same page as you spiritually or otherwise. These things are so still going to bless your marriage and benefit you and help you keep going in it. Um, And some of them can really be complete game changers as well. So let's dive in. The first one is an example of one of those things that can be a complete game changer and it is prayer. And I know for some of you are like, oh, prayer. Yeah, sure. Okay. Prayer. Um, And I think those of you that have that thought, first of all, I can relate to that. I have uh, not always loved prayer and it's still something, uh, a muscle I'm working to grow, but I get it. Like it sometimes feels endless and pointless and um, like it doesn't really make a difference, but you know, I, um, have been trying to grow in this area for a while and, and just learning about it. And, you know, our prayers change things truly. Like it's not just talking to God. It's not just connecting to God. It's not just, like helping other people be on our heart. So we're not just thinking about ourselves. Sure. Those things do happen. They're the byproduct of it and they're great and important, but prayer actually changes the fabric of the spiritual world. Like there is actual battles going on that we cannot see. And when we pray, it changes that. And I don't really know how, <laughs> like I don't, it's one of, like, it's one of those things I can't wait to get to heaven to understand better, like how prayer really works. But you know, we see this all throughout scripture that, that God, you know, says to pray without ceasing and that there's examples in the Bible of how, you know, things were a certain way and then they changed when prayer happened. And so this, we could not, um, like this could not be more important. And so some of you, you get it and you're, you're rocking the prayer world and well done. Keep it up. This is your, your encouragement to keep going. Cause I know when you don't see those answers you're wanting, it can feel exhausting. Um, but keep going. And for those of you that don't have this in your life yet, this is essential. This is where we should start. When you're starting to feel frustrated and angry and bitter and hopeless, go to prayer. And now I know some of you have been praying and praying and you're not seeing breakthrough and you know, there's some other things we can work towards and I'm going to list those, but we have to start with prayer. Um, one of the things it also does when we pray is that it changes our hearts for our husband. Uh, and this is really essential. 
Matthew 12, 34 says, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. So, you know, our hearts are deceivingly evil. Like the, the Bible talks about that. And so if we're not working on getting our heart to the right place where we are centered in God's will for us, when we are seeing things through God, when we're surrendering self-denial, when we're asking for forgiveness and all of that, when we're not doing that heart work, then we are in a negative place in our heart and our mouth is going to speak from that place. And so if you're stuck in bitterness and anger and resentment towards your husband because of how you feel like he should be showing up, but he's not, then you are going to speak from that place and you're going to speak that evil over him. And that's only going to, now I'm not saying that you have caused every bad thing he's done, like he's responsible for himself. However, our words have an impact. Our words can bring life or death. And so if we are out of our, if our hearts are not in the right place towards our husbands, we're going to speak out of that place and only perpetuate the bad. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot about how our words have a lot of power. And so we've got to start therefore with our hearts. And so when we pray, it changes how we see our husband. It helps us to have God's heart for him and it transforms things. And then again, it, it actually changes the fabric of things. So if there are things you know, some of you wrote in that you really want your husband to have a good group of men to go to and open up to, or you want him to lead spiritually, or you want him to help more, all these different things. Praying about them actually is what transforms it. Sure, you're going to have a conversation with him about like, hey, I think it'd be great if you had a group of guys you could go to. I have a group of women, like I want you to have that too. And that is a good start. But Honestly, a lot of times he's going to be like, cool, I'm good, you know? And so what, what happens though, when we pray is we go to God again and again and again, and God is the one that transforms his heart and opens doors for him to see those opportunities and to say yes to those opportunities and to then get that group of guys. And it's through God's power and through God's working that that can happen. And so If we want things to change, we've got to be going on our knees in prayer regularly in order to see that happen. Us trying to control it and manipulate it and force it is going to backfire. And so start with prayer. This is essential. Now, if your husband is a believer and willing, this is also key to do together, to come together in prayer. I know for us, there's nothing, for me at least, there's nothing more powerful that I feel like than when I sit down with my husband and we pray. And this isn't always easy for us. Um, it's not always my husband's favorite thing to do, but when we do it, oh my gosh, I feel the immediate impact. And so if your husband is willing, even don't like start with like, let's pray for an hour. No, like let's pray for a minute, five minutes, you know, start with once a week, you know, and, and build work up from there. Don't start with trying to do this marathon because then he's just going to get turned off and not want to do it. But, you know, at the end of our time together every week, we try and pray and we don't always do it, but that's, that's a goal I have in my mind. So start with where you're at. Don't go to what you th- where you think you should be. Just start with where you're at. Little, simple ways you guys could pray together um, if he's open to it. And even if he's like not sure, just be like, hey, you know, you don't have to pray. Or why don't you start and just pray what's on your heart and then I'll pray, you know, and, and don't go too long. <laughs> Sometimes I go too long. <laughs> and my husband is... <laughs> 
Oh, it's funny. Okay. Um, anyways, that's number one prayer. Number two, daily gratitude. Um, this is also so essential. Now this is both internally, like saying thank you to God for aspects of your husband and, and how he shows up as a father, as a husband, as a provider, and, you know, really, uh, focusing your mind on that gratitude. And then it's also sharing that with him. And before we go into more specifics on that, gratitude is a choice. All of us in every area of our life could sit there and focus on what's lacking and what is frustrating and what is exhausting and tiring and overwhelming. But also in every single area, there are good things that are there. I guarantee you there's something good unless it's an abusive situation, you know, again, we don't, we're not talking about abuse here. Um, and so what, what in that marriage, what in that man is good? And like, maybe it's simple, basic things. Maybe it is that he brings in income. Maybe it is that he does a great job playing with the kids. Maybe it is that he, um, builds things for your family, right? Like whatever, something that is good about him. Maybe he's a great encourager. I mean, there, there could be so many things. He's a great cook, like look for anything in him that is good and focus on that because all of us have things that are lacking. If he just focused on what is lacking in you, he's going to get to a negative place. But (laughs) because you have negative things too, you have things that are lacking too. And so we have to choose in marriage and really in everything, but we're talking about marriage here. We got to choose that, that gratitude and to focus on it. And so we want to be you know, praising God for that, just thinking through it when you feel frustrated about him, just start thinking, okay, what, what good is in him? What good can I see in this situation? And, and speak that internally and then share that with him. And I think we're going to be talking about that more. Yeah. We'll talk about that more uh, in a minute, but share that gratitude with him as well. But it starts with focusing our minds and our hearts on that gratitude. All right, number three, um, an essential to a healthy marriage is community. We are not to meant we are not meant to do this alone, to do it in isolation, to do it on our own without other people around us. Um, we've got to have community, and um, what I mean by community is both um, individually, like you have your women community, he has his men community. And then together, um, couples, community, um, peers, mentors, um, church, right? It doesn't have to just be couples, but like friends that you guys know together. And, you know, this is not necessarily a strength of ours. Um, I think I have more community maybe as I think women generally are better at this. I want to say that in a very generalized sense, um, based on a lot of friendships I have and other things I've heard, women generally are better at building community. I think a lot of guys struggle with this, um, but it doesn't make it any less important. And so something that you guys can both work towards is having community. And, um, I always believe that you need to be plugged into a church community And that's a really great place to start is to be in a church, have one church you are going to regularly, let your roots go deep, have people know you, you're serving, you you are in groups, whether it's together or separately or both. Um, But like people know your name, like you are invested in that space. 
that is essential. Um, and really that's for us where all of our community comes from. Um, you know, I think there can be other community and work community and, and so on. Um, but I know for us, the healthiest community comes from our church world. And, you know, you do want to be walking side by side with others that share your faith because other other people, it's not that we can't be friends with them, but sometimes we have to be more on the alert because they have different viewpoints. Um, and so we need to have a mutual community that is you know, encouraging us and challenging us in the same direction that we are called. Um, so make sure you have your community, make sure you have your community, make sure it's a community that uplifts you and points you to Jesus. And when you're frustrated with your husband, they don't just, um, throw oil on the fire and and say, yeah, he is awful. And wow, I can't believe he did that. But rather they throw water on that fire and they say, okay, that is really frustrating. And I'm so sorry you were hurt that way. That sounds really painful and really hard okay, what do you think your next step is? How, what kind of conversation do you need to have with him? Do you guys need to get therapy? You know, someone that's going to challenge you to work through that, to, yeah, feel your pain and be there for you, but to, to work through that in a healthy way. And so you do want to make sure you have, um, people in your life like that. And if you have people that don't, that, that throw oil on it, that encourage you in the opposite way of what we've been talking about on this series, then it might be a relationship. Maybe you need to cut it out of your life, or maybe you just need to limit what you share with them. And maybe, um, it's not a place for you to talk about your marriage because I, I believe that we have to be really cautious when we talk about our marriage, that we're not just, um, saying, uh, all these negative things to just anyone, but it's going to be to someone that's actually going to help us do something with that. If we're just venting and dumping all the time and complaining, that's gossip or worse. Um, but when we share with someone something negative, we want them to make sure that they're helping us see the other side. Like, okay, yeah, it wasn't fair that he did that, but how were you acting or what part did you have in this? And what, what do you need to do next? You need to go and talk to him. You know, you need to forgive him, like, you know, pointing us in that direction. And that is so, so essential. So, I mean, this is like not one on my list, but I want to just say, be very careful who has a voice in your life specifically around marriage. Uh, cause it's really easy to hear one side about someone. And for that, like, like for someone to hear one side of your husband and for them to demonize your husband and think like, Oh, he's just awful. And then that's just going to perpetuate your negative view of him. And that's not going to help anything and only going to lead in one direction that we do not want to go. So, healthy community, super key. All right. Number four, uh, very similar, but just more specific accountability. So within that community, you need to have some accountability and maybe this isn't even like someone that's a peer. Maybe this is someone that's a coach or a mentor, um, or a therapist. And we'll talk more about that in a minute, but, um, or it could be a peer, but it needs to be someone, um, basically like what I was talking about, that's going to help you be accountable both individually and together. Um, one of the things, uh, that I have learned from my pastors and I just love this is, you know, where I'm in leadership at my church. And so uh, my pastors are some of my mentors in my life, and that's not going to be true for everyone. And so whether it's your pastors or someone else that's a leader, your small group leader or someone else, um, you know, one of the things that um, our pastors talk about is that for the, for their marriage, they have specific people, um, that are kind of pastors or coaches for them, mentors for them, that if like, for instance, if for my, my, uh, female pastor, pastor Megan, if, um, 
her husband, it's weird because they're my pastors. I don't know how to refer to them. If her husband, Pastor Carrie, is not acting nice and not repenting and just being rude, um, she can call up their mentor and say, hey, like he is acting this way. Uh, I need some help. And they are going to reach out to Pastor Carrie and have a conversation with him. And like that they have both mutually agreed to that as a couple, that they have an accountability couple there. And at you can even threaten it, like not like an empty threat, but like a, hey, I'm going to call them if this, if we don't work on this, if we don't have this conversation, if this doesn't change. And so we all need that kind of accountability. Like we cannot do this marriage thing alone. It is hard. So make sure you have someone like that in your life that is a healthy, strong marriage uh, that can help kind of keep you guys accountable. And you can make those calls if you hit those places. That's it's essential. And I know that can take time to establish. It's not always simple who that might be, but my encouragement to you is to plug into a healthy church community. And as you do that, you're going to get more opportunities to find those kind of relationships. And then you need to seek them out. You need to be intentional and vulnerable and say, Hey, we would love a mentor couple. Could you guys do that for us? And, and don't be scared to have those conversations. All right, number five, um, this is therapy or coaching. So in addition to kind of more um, natural, I don't know how I want to phrase it, uh, accountability, like peer or um, non-professional accountability, <laughs> sometimes we're also going to need some professional accountability and some professional help and support. And I think every single couple needs marriage therapy or coaching at some points in their marriage. It's essential. I love, again, my pastors have been such a great um, influence in talking about this, but they talk about it like a tune-up for a car. Like your car needs to go in for a tune-up regularly, and that's what helps it stay running. That's what helps it not break down. And so therapy, we don't want to use it like, oh my gosh, the car just broke down and it's crumbling now. We have to replace all these things and it's it might, the car might just die. We don't want to use therapy like that, like a last-ditch effort. We want to use it like a tune-up. Oh, things are getting a little rocky. Ooh, we're a little strained in this season. Okay, we need to get some help here. We need to lean into therapy. And so it doesn't mean you have to be in therapy all the time for the rest of your lives, but you need to utilize it wisely. And in seasons that are hard, you need to make sure you go and find a therapist or a coach, um, a Christian therapist or a Christian coach. And I do think I'm very specific, especially in marriages, to find a Christian one um, because I know there are, I've heard crazy stories about therapists saying, oh, you guys should just get a divorce um, and just giving some really bad advice in different things. And it's not, it's not like an abusive situation. It's like, I, yeah, I've just heard crazy stories that you wouldn't believe. So be very cautious who you take on as a therapist or coach and make sure that they are um, Christian and believe in the sanctity of marriage. That's key. Okay. Next one. Number six one-on-one time. Now I'm going to have a whole episode on how to find this in the midst of uh, parenting and motherhood and how to really make use of that time because I know that's some of the biggest challenge. I think most of us know we need that one-on-one time. We don't always know how to get it or how to prioritize it. And so I want to have a whole episode about that, but it's truly essential. Like you need to have one-on-one time without kids every single week. And that doesn't mean you have to go out on a date every week, but you need to be face-to-face without children around you every single week. Um, you know, of course there's exceptions there, but like that is like the norm. Um, and I'll talk more about that in the other episode, but that is a non-negotiable to have a healthy marriage. 
All right, number seven. I'm not going to go in depth into this one either because this is not the podcast for it. And I know a lot of your kiddos are listening. Um, but regular physical intimacy is absolutely essential. Um, this is really part of how God made marriages work is having that kind of relationship. It makes it different than any other relationship in your life. And it is really essential to have a healthy relationship. And I know it's challenging, like, especially I think for women, um, especially when they're not getting their emotional needs met. And so it can, it can, it's just complicated. And so I just want to encourage you if it's complicated and it's not working well right now, don't just leave it there, work and fight to get it healthy because it is an essential, I keep saying it, but it's an essential component. And there are some really great podcasts out there where you can dive in more to this topic. Um, some of my favorites are, it's the Naked Marriage podcast. I love um, them. I ha- yeah, they are have really great content. And then what is the other one? I have to pull it up. Um, it is Living Easy with Lindsay. Um, she has a lot of great content and a course too, I think specifically for wives. Um, and then there's also some books, like the book Sheet Music is really great. There's tons of great Christian resources out there to help you in this area. My encouragement to you is just don't, don't not work on this area. It is essentially, even if you feel like it's not, it, I, I promise you it is. So go find some resources if that's you. All right, number eight, this is to have a parenting game plan. Part of what is hard about marriage with kids amongst, uh, or in addition to it just being really busy and full and exhausting, it's also parenting and, and trying to parent together on the same page. And it can be really complicated because you guys both have different paths. You might have different opinions, different values, different things that drive you. And so if you don't sit down and talk about this, it's, it's going to create havoc in your family, both in your marriage and in your family and your kids. Um, it's so essential that you guys are on the same page again, both for your kids and for your marriage. Because I know it's when you see your spouse parenting in a way that you don't agree with, it's super triggering and you get super angry and it can be easy to grow bitterness over that or just not feel like they care or they're on the same page. And so it's really key to try and build this together. And I think reading a parenting book together is one of the best ways to do it. I know for us, uh, we've been reading Shepherding a Child's Heart, and it's been taking us some time to get through it. I read it on my own a while back, and then I wanted to reread it with my husband, and we're still working through it. But it's been really great because me trying to communicate what I'm reading doesn't always work. Now, I know some of your spouses might not be willing to do that. So if there is a parenting podcast, um, actually the... Naked Marriage, po- Naked Marriage podcast also just came out with a parenting podcast called, I think it's called Uncovered Parenting or something, something like that. And then there's, all, of course, Crazy Cool Family that I have shared on here. Uh, so there's other resources if he doesn't want to sit down and read a book. There's other ways to go about it. But really trying to get on the same page and be in agreement over what it looks like to parent together. And you know, if you are in a different place with your faith, I know this can be complicated, but I think it's just important to just at least try and sit down together and hear each other out and talk through it. And then you might need to get help from a therapist to try and figure out what that might look like um, to be a unified front and do it together. So 
wherever you're at in your marriage, make sure you have a parenting game plan so that you guys can be a unified force. All right, number nine, uh, this goes back to the gratitude, but this is encourage each other. So sending encouraging texts is one of the best ways. And also in-person verbal communication, like verbal encouragement, looking in their eyes and telling them what a great husband and father they are, like doing that as much as possible. But one of like the, the tricks I love doing, it really helps me set my mind for the day. And I know it encourages my husband as well, but I'll try and, and he'll do this as well. We'll try and send each other like a beginning of the day and encouraging texts like, Hey, I love you. You're such a great husband, or he'll say you're such a great wife. You're such a great mother. Um, I am for you. I'm praying for you today. You know, whatever that is. And, you know, sometimes they'll say, thank you so much for working so hard for us and being such a great provider. And that's encouraging him, but it's also encouraging me because I'm like reminding myself, oh yeah, he's not just off having fun right now. He's working really hard to provide for us. So I know sometimes it can feel like that when we're the one at home with the kids, but they're working hard. And so reminding ourselves and them of that, and that really just creates a a together tone and it adds to the bank. You know, you want to see relationships like a bank account where if you're just withdrawing all the time, asking for things and criticizing and trying to correct and all these things, and that's going to, then the bank account is going to be negative, right? We have to add into the bank more than we subtract and adding in is encouragement and, um, physical touch and, and spending time together. And so encouraging each other is one of the best ways to add to that bank, especially if there's moments where you're like, Oh, Hey babe, like you kind of lost your temper there with the kids. Can we talk about that? Right. Or, Hey, you know, we talked about you taking out the trash every day, but you kind of left it sitting there the past couple of days. Right. So we're going to have to have those moments and those conversations, but if we don't, if we're not encouraging and, and adding to the bank, then those conversations are going to be really triggering because then they're going to feel like they only ever fail and they only ever miss things and, and that we only see them in a certain light. And so we have to be encouraging. If you want your husband to help more, you need to be encouraging. This is essential. I think I made my point but also I'm going to say it again because that's how important it is. We need to be encouraging. All right, number 10, we need to have regular heart checks. So this is kind of included in the one-on-one and we will talk about it more, but I just want to add this as a separate one because, you know, not only do you need one-on-one time where you are spending time together and having fun and having conversation, but not just any conversation, not just any time. You need to like check in with each other's hearts. How are you really doing, babe? What's really going on for you? What does life feel like for you right now? What, what's been hard? We have to have these kind of conversations mutually back and forth with our spouse because he needs to know that about you and you need to know that about him. And honestly, that's one of the best ways to create empathy and forgiveness is understanding where they're coming from. I know I might have like a moment or a season where I feel like so frustrated with my husband or feel like he's slacking in certain areas. And then I I get a heart check from him and I hear how he's really doing and how he's so overwhelmed and feels like he can't catch up and can't catch his breath. And I'm like, oh, wow, I need to have more empathy. I am being way too critical. I am seeing things from a very narrow perspective and it's, I, that's just not a, the a healthy perspective. It's just not the truth. This, you know, this is a very small portion that I've been taken out of context. And so we've got to make sure 
to get into a place where you can have these regular heart checks with each other and be honest with each other about how we're doing in general, how we're doing with each other in the marriage and to create that kind of safety and vulnerability in your marriage so that you can go there and it's not an attack on the other person when you're not doing well. And you, you know, you got to make sure how you phrase things well, like focused on yourself and how you're feeling and not just, you know, railing at the other person about all the things they're not doing. That's not a heart check. That's just criticism. But we've got to create this. And, and again, this is what my husband and I do for our sacred time. Once a week, we sit down um, at least for an hour face to face, no screens, no kids, and we do heart checks. And um, yeah, I'll talk about that more in that other episode about how to spend that time together. But this is essential. All right. The last one I have for you, number 11, this one is also equally as important as the others. And that is to have fun. It is so key, especially in this season where it can feel so heavy and so serious to create space, to have fun with each other, to find joy with each other, to go on bike rides together, to play games together, to, um, I don't know, you know, just like go into nature, whatever you find fun, you guys are going to have special things. You guys find fun that other couples don't. And so what did you do when you were dating? What did you guys like to do together? Figure out a way to do that. Sometimes your kids can be there. Sometimes, you know, you want to do that without your kids, but make sure you're, you're setting aside time to have fun together because that is also going to bond you and remind you of what you're doing there. Like it's not just for growth and to have this family and be serious and to, to, you know, all those things are good, but it's also to find joy and to experience life together and to just have so much goodness. So don't forget that. I know I could preach this forever because I forget it all the time. I'm such a serious person. I really kind of love the serious more. And so I forget that fun is essential. And so this uh, is something I have to remind myself of all the time. And my husband really reminds me too, because he's a lot better at this than I am. But uh, I want to remind you, along with myself, we've got to have fun in our marriages. So there you go. 11 things that are required for a healthy marriage, prayer, daily gratitude, community, accountability, therapy or coaching, one-on-one time, regular physical intimacy, parenting game plan, encouragement for each other, regular heart checks, and fun. So I want you to figure out which one you need to work on the most and just write that down. Don't focus on all of them. They'll be overwhelming. Find one you want to grow in and talk about it with your husband and talk about how you guys can work on that together and really just be um, working towards that in small and big ways. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for the gift of marriage, that it is beautiful and hard and messy and fun. And I just pray, God, for every marriage that's represented here, Lord, that you would just bless it, God, that you would bind them together. God, you would speak life into their marriage, hope into their marriage. I pray you would help them identify what spaces and areas they need to work on and you would give them tools and resources to complete that God and that you would just help them to grow and it would become more and more beautiful God even as the seasons are challenging and are changing and complication is there God you would make it beautiful God and filled with joy in your presence God we thank you that with you there is always hope Lord and we just lean into that and we can trust your goodness Uh, we love you in Jesus name we pray amen love you mama
If you've found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.